Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week, we'll be discussing our favorites from 2023, as well as ISS, All of Us Strangers, Freud's Last Session, and The Book of Clarence. I'm your host, Bill George. With me today, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer, Craig Stanton. Hello. Hey, I'm back and w- worse as ever. <laughs> All right. AJ's back, folks. Hey, Sorry, haters. Calendar has been cleared. <laughs> Calendar cleared. Back in time for our final 2023 episode that we've been teasing forever. It's here. You're back for it. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. I'm back. We've been talking about it uh, since Thanksgiving. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, quick little up. Uh, life update. I was traveling the last time uh, you guys recorded. So sorry I missed it. Apology accepted. As soon as I get back from uh, traveling, I end up losing my job. Uh, there was a massive layoff, and oh boy. here I am. We'll get into what I'm watching during the what are you watching section, but... Um, Staring at the walls in your own house doesn't count. Yep. Yeah. Plenty of time for the watching. I let you both know that like at 10.59, I, I ate four slices of pizza and like a half a dozen cookies. That's a.m., folks. <laughs> yeah, a.m., not p.m. Like this morning. It was basically my second breakfast. So I'm, tr- I'm doing good. I'm okay. Um, things could be <laughs> better. Hanging I'm hanging yep. in there. Okay, we're here. We are here for you, AJ. The Should I Go See It community is here for you as well. Thank you. I appreciate all the uh, the love and support, Uh, boys. How are you? How's your January going? Uh, Who should I bet on this weekend? Uh, Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, Niners. That's great. That's a great question. I think. Um, Bill. Yeah. No news today. Because like nope, you said, too much to discuss. We will be recapping the year 2023. So yes. um, you are going to I'm going to I'm going to shepherd you, but you're going to lead this because you see far more movies than I do. We're going to talk about um, the worst of the best of uh, the blind spots, things that we've missed that probably would factor into, you know, the um, the Academy Awards, um, our pick of the year. And then we're going to look forward into 2024 and talk about our most anticipated movies of the upcoming year. So, Right. Let's do it. Before we get into it, let's start with the blind spot. So you have seen every single picture on the Best Picture uh, nominees for the Academy Awards. Um, are there any that you have left? Yeah. So I've seen nine out of ten. Wow. There was only one real blind spot for me in 2023, which was Zone of Interest. It's a UK movie that was in very limited release, one of those New York, LA only things. Got critical acclaim. The UK put it forward as their nominee for Best International Film, I believe, for the Oscars. Okay. So it's in that category, and I believe it's in, uh, and it is in Best Picture category as well. Only now, in January, did it go wide release in the US. So I'm seeing it literally today in about, six hours from now as of this recording. So then after then, I will have seen every Best Picture nominee. There were 10 nominees this year. And out of the nine I've seen, they're all yeses, which I don't think has ever happened before. Like really strong year for Best Picture nominees. So Zone of Interest, assuming it is as good as I've heard it is, it more than likely will potentially get a yes. So it could be 10 for 10 for Best Picture nominees. But that's the only real blind spot for me. How about you? Was there anything in 2023 you meant to see but but couldn't get to? 
uh, everything, um, which <laughs> the next few weeks I will be taking care of that. So I'm going to try to see the uh, redux of Godzilla because they reintroduced it to theaters. I really want to see American fiction. Um, I will watch Killers of the Flower Moon some morning after I drop my kid off at daycare because three and a half hours. And then the only other one that was uh, that I want to see before uh, the um, the Oscars would be... Um, is it Poor Things? Is it the Emma Stone movie? Yeah, Poor yeah, Things. Poor Things. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to watch Barbie one night because now it's on HBO and my wife wants to see it. So like, I'm going to watch a whole bunch of stuff. But what I was going to say is um, for those... Um, who are wondering what the 10 best picture nods are. They are as follows. American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. And a big round of applause for CBS News for listing them in alphabetical order. I really appreciate that. So you've gone 10 for 10. Okay, Bill. Yes. Do you want to start with your best movies of the year, or do you want to go Razzies and go your worst movies of the year? We gotta do worse. Just get these over with, okay? So that we never have to speak of them again. All right. Well, you're uh, you're 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 leading. All right. Let let me take you through my worst. Uh, Craig, feel free to chime in because you were with me for some of these. Um, Will do. Uh, Wonka, most recent oh, worst, yeah. <laughs> worst of the year. Uh, did not like anything about that. No value added uh, from that movie. Yep. Strays. Is in my worst of the year, the dog movie Shutter. that Craig and I suffered through together. Forgot about that one. Okay, I didn't. Couple se- couple sequels in there, Meg Two <laughs> and Aquaman Two, yeah. both water based sequels <laughs> that were terrible. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Throw that. Oh my god! In the heap that. for worst of. Okay, and then finally, uh, worst of the year. I don't know how this keeps happening. Third year running, Matrix Resurrections, worst movie of the year. <laughs> I, it's weird. It's just still holding that title. You're a piece of shit. Uh, okay, so I don't those think are my there's. Worst. I don't think there's anything in there that any of us can debate. Um, yeah, I'm gonna add two onto them. I think okay. one of them you could probably agree with. The other one is you're gonna have a fucking full blown meltdown. <laughs> All right, and they're not worst of the year. I'm categor categorizing these as um, overrated, most overrated films of the year slash worst. Okay, the first. Is Asteroid City. Okay. It wasn't good. Yeah. I gave it a, I gave it a soft yes. In retrospect, I probably should have given it a soft no. But you, okay. You can chop it up a million different ways, but at the end of the day, like that's it's not a good it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Okay. It has good moments. Sure. Sure. Good moments don't make good movies. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. okay. The next one is you're gonna have a I, I think I know what you're gonna say, and I'm I don't know if I can handle it, but go ahead. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, boy. Go to hell. (laughs) You go to hell and you die. It's not. I think it it is one of the most overrated films of the year, if not the most overrated film of the year. You're insane. It's good. First of all, brace for impact because it's going to win best picture and it's going to win best director and it's going to win best actor and it's going to win best supporting actor. So just be ready for that. Like, am I crazy? I don't want you texting me angrily at the, during the Oscars. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, will. will anyway. I mean, I'm going to do that anyways. Uh, Craig, do you? Can you back me up on this? We saw it together. It, it's not that good. I mean, here's what I'll say: if you're talking about overrated and it's a film that has this much buzz still now, months later and Oscar buzz and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 
and you did not enjoy it, then I think that is uh, makes the AJ Rebecca overrated list. I think that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I liked it. Uh, it didn't like Thank change you. my life. You know, um, see, didn't change his life. Didn't change my best life. Best picture. It, best picture films should change your life. They should change your life. I think that's a fair standard. Well, when we get to my pick of the year, we'll talk more about that. Ugh, okay, fine. Um, okay, so th- those are my those are my the, few picks. Okay, okay. Next, I have I have some movies that are honorable mentions. So they're not in my bests. They're not in like my top five best, but I just really enjoyed them this year, and I figured I wanted to shout them out at least. I got three too. Okay, or I have a, several. So go for uh, it. First, Napoleon. I know not a lot of people loved it. Didn't get a ton of acclaim. But I still really enjoyed it after the the research I did ahead of time and the and the the choreography of the battles and all that stuff and the period piece nature of it. I really enjoyed Napoleon, so I want to give it a shout out. American Fiction easily could have been in my best of the year. It was real close, but a great great movie. Saltburn I think gets an honorable mention just because it was it just stood out to me of all the movies I saw this year. It, it sticks in your brain. Sure does. And then sticks all sorts of places. Yep. And then for more like genre films, for comedy, Bottoms uh, deserves an honorable mention for this year. And John Wick Chapter 4 for action movies deserves an honorable mention as well. Uh, both of those were immensely entertaining for different reasons. Uh, I love that. Do you want me to talk about Software now or wait? I mean, so I watched it. Sure. On my last trip. Boys, I did not. I, I'm so glad I didn't watch it on the plane. I warned oh, you. You coward. All right. <laughs> Craig, have you seen it yet? No, but I, I mean, I've been listening to Bill talk about it. Yeah, but like listening to Bill talk about it and then like... It's not the same. Wa- watching a dude drink out of a... There's two different things. Don't spoil it. What do you want me to do? I would hope it would be two different things. <laughs> yes. What do you mean don't spoil it? Craig, you got to watch it. Sounds like it's right up my alley, Bill. Sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I've, I've watched some adult films that were... More tame, millions of times more palpable than whatever that fucking thing was. But did you like it? I loved it. It made my t- it made my my top top of the year list. Oh, good, good, good. Not because of the drinking in the bathtub, but like no, the understood. overall experience. Sure, the movie. Yeah. Um, okay, I had two honorable mentions. Uh, one would be uh, the Killers, the Netflix film starring um, what's his name? Fassbender. Yeah. Okay. Thought it was like a serviceable of oh, the killer. Sorry. Uh, Serviceable, fun watch, really interesting, good talkie. Yep. Enjoyed it. Uh, and then um, the the last Flash movie, The Flash. Um, I I gave that a good honorable mention. I'm a huge Keaton fan. I love Batman. The way that they kind of did their own version of the multiverse and brought back that character, I thought was really well done. And I enjoyed that movie thoroughly from start to finish, minus the CGI and some weird art direction. But neither here nor there. Okay. Bill, yes. your top films of the year, 2023. Okay. AD. Uh, first is one that I know is going to be on your list, if not your number one pick of the year. I don't know. But uh, one of the best of the years was The Holdovers. Sure was. Talked about it ad nauseum, but can't stress enough how amazing it is. Yes. Um, so Holdovers is on my best of. Godzilla Minus One is in my best of. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie. I can't wait for you to see it. I'm pumped. Barbie, loved, loved, loved it. Talked about that on the show a lot. You did? Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's my favorite franchise. It's in my best of the year. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Just a great time with the movies. 
Uh, they dropped uh, the part one, so technically it's just Dead Reckoning right now, correct? Yeah, true, true. Okay. At the time that I saw it, it was yeah, when, Dead the, Reckoning well, part you know, one. The, the fanboys saw it when it was part one. Okay, yep. Exactly. And finally, for my other best of the year is Oppenheimer. OP. Period. And if so, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend it, AJ. You don't have to. I just know that you're fucking wrong, but that's fine. Okay, great. All right. Uh, my best of the year. My favorite film of 2023. This is your number one pick. This is your pick I, of the year. I haven't done my pick of the year. Oh, yet. oh, this isn't pick of the year. Okay. These are um, the, right, the best. So. Top, top three. Anatomy of a Fall. I really love that film. I, I really dug that film a lot um saltburn number two if you haven't watched it and you're okay with like really fucked up stuff go for it um but it it still is haunting me to this day um and then like and then the holdovers so those were my three top of the year and then i have my my one in the bag ready to roll wow your your pick of the year's not holdovers no i can't i'm now i'm edge of my seat okay Um, all right, my should I go see it official Sigsy pick of the year? It's past lives. Now, uh, you kind of already talked about that. I mean, I already posted on the Instagram, but this you is our did. chance to talk about it. All right, it, past lives. So, here's the thing when I think about the, the, the pick of the year, because I went back, I was so I was torn between past lives and Oppenheimer because I saw Oppenheimer three times, I loved it, I think it'll win best picture, and I think it's deserving of best picture. But when I look at my previous picks of the year, I notice like the, the kind of the theme or the thing that ends up sticking out is I usually end up picking the movie that just resonates with me the most personally, like the one that affects me emotionally the most. Like that tends to be what I pick it for my pick of the year. Um, and Past Lives, just that movie just hit me hard. And I still think about it. And it just it just resonated with me to such a degree that... I, it was hard for me to... I couldn't pick anything else. Like, Oppenheimer, I love. And objectively, I think it's incredible filmmaking. Why? I, that's why I think it deserves Best Picture. But it didn't have an emotional impact on me like Past Lives did. And so Past Lives, I, I had to go with my heart. And that's the, the my pick of the year. When the when the credits rolled in Past Lives, did you, did you know it was going to be number one pick of the year? Basically, I knew it was going to I knew it would be in the in, dis, in the discussion for wow. sure. Wow. It just it just hit me like a freight train. So I, good, I had huh? to give it to it. And that when we talk about the snubs at the Academy Awards, you know, the the Greta Gerwig one is inexcusable no doubt, but Greta Lee not being nominated for best actress for the Past Lives is a shameful outrage. She shouldn't just be nominated, she should win. Uh so that wow. rattled rattled me when I saw that she was not nominated. But yeah, past lives, six big of the year. Any backlash from that? Like, has there been anybody from the production that has done like a tweet or a statement on behalf of her or the the studio? For not that, that I've seen. Not that I've seen for past lives. I think the best actress category is pretty stacked and very competitive. So it is what it is. Um, more of the attention is obviously on Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, which, like I said, Greta Gerwig inexcusable. Like that's that is a full on snub. Margot Robbie. I think would have been great to be nominated, deserving of nomination. That being said, that performance is not usually what the Academy would look for in a performance for Best Actress, and it gets swallowed up in like the bombast of the movie around it, so it doesn't stand out in a way that some of the other ones do. So like I kind of get it, even though it would have been nice. But Greta Gerwig, I mean, that's just 
that is uh, being derelict in their duties, frankly. Yeah, Best Actress has Annette Benning, Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller, Carrie Mulligan, and Emma Stone were the five that were chosen for Best Actress. Yeah, yeah, all great. And they say that the Oscars are sexist. Yeah, I mean, that's the real narrative is... That whole category is women. <laughs> the real narrative here is that the, the Barbie snubs represent, like, encapsulize the point of the Barbie movie, and it's, it's, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't write it. Uh, that the only unreal. person who got a, nod, a major it's, nod was the... Was the, Ken. The, the, was, the, was the guy. Ken. It's just so on the nose, it's ridiculous. She got... Yeah, I guess she did get a nod for Adapted Screenplay, correct? Yeah, Adapted Screenplay and Best Picture. Uh, so yeah. Represented in a way, but still. Brutal. Roger. Work. Anyway, back to my list. Again, Past Lives, if you have not seen it, it is an absolute must-watch from 2023. Love that. Uh, mine is a film that you actually spoke about that was not The Holdovers. Okay. Um, my favorite film of last year was Bottoms. Oh, okay. So I had that in my honorable mentions. That's your number yeah. one. I fucking love that movie, dude. <laughs> it's good. It is good. Uh, it's it is um, super bad. It's basically the 2023 version of Super Bad with two lesbian leads. Is the kind of like synopsis the it elevator pitch? Over, yeah, over the top. Uh, it is so tongue in cheek. It is ridiculous. It is very campy and corny and outlandish. Like. Um, like not another teen movie meets super bad. They just did an amazing job with it. It's acted f- so well. It is written so well. The whole thing is just absolutely insane. Um, and I love that movie. And it was my favorite film of 2023. Now, asterisk, there are a few that I'm going to watch. I could change that. There is a disclaimer that I'm open and available to change my pick at any time. Sure. Naturally. That's what I got. Craig, okay. what's your favorite movie of last year? Oh, I don't have one. <laughs> don't worry about me. Cool. All right. That is our uh, that is our wrap-up of this year. Uh, Bill, what are you looking forward to this year, 2024? There is one movie that is just dead set in my crosshairs, and it's Civil War. New yeah. movie from A24. So that's a win. Directed by Alex Garland. That's a win. It's about a civil war, like a modern-day civil war breaking out. And I haven't seen the trailer. I'm going in fresh. All I have seen is the poster of soldiers like camped out in the torch of the Statue of Liberty taking up sniper positions. And it's the greatest poster I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) So I am so excited for Civil War. Apparently the nation divides between Manhattan and Staten Island. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you sent that the the photo the picture of the the poster the theatrical poster and you said great poster or greatest poster um and it is yep that's is, exactly it, what it i looks said looks pretty good um okay so that's all i know and all i want to know i'm going in i'm going in fresh but i'm amped for that movie what are you uh mine are stupid like mine are dumb um <laughs> the sequel to twister twisters uh comes out this year Looking forward to it. I'm a huge. Doesn't doesn't have Glenn Glenn Powell in it. Glenn Powell, huh? Colonel Powell, who's Glenn Powell? Top Gun Maverick. Anybody but you. New Hot Shot. Oh, is he rising star in Hollywood? Wait, 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 wait. Isn't he I in think that? I, I'm having a panic attack right now. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I thought this was a sequel. No, it this takes place a- in the Twister universe. 
Oh no, in 1996. Oh my god. I might cry. Like I am so I am so on edge lately. That's tough. That's tough news for AJ and his Holy shit. He is in it though, right? Am I wrong? It's not a reboot. We're just recreating the energy of the original Twister is basically the the statement. Oh, Glenn Powell is in the movie. Okay, called it. Okay, great. I was looking for Helen Hunt and fucking Bill Paxton. Paxton's dead. Dude. (laughs) Bill Paxton's dead? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Are you sure? I know Philip Seymour Hoffman's dead. No, yeah, he he died died in 2017. Holy (laughs) shit. I'm going to crumble today. This is a tough week for AJ. All right. Well, what am I looking forward to 2024? One of you writing my fucking (laughs) eulogy. (laughs) I mean, okay. uh, What else is coming out? Uh, (laughs) You got Deadpool 3 coming out, which looks funny because they're bringing back Wolverine. You got that weird Mickey 17 movie that's coming out. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's not a good... There's not a good amount of movies coming out uh, next year. A lot of sequels and a lot yeah, of like franchise stuff for 2024. Joker. But that's just stuff that we know about now, right? Like, it's, you know, I mean, there's going to be good shit. Come Hope on, so. Not. Good shit. Strikes over. Maybe a new Kung Fu Panda 4. Skadoosh. Uh, but yeah, Joker Part 2 with Lady Gaga. Gladiator 2. Dune Part 2. Godzilla vs. Kong. New Empire. A new Ghostbuster movie. The fourth Kung Fu Panda. The fucking third Sonic the Hedgehog. The second Inside Out. What yeah, the so fuck, it's, man? It's a lot. Bad big, Boys big 4. A Quiet Place 3. Despicable Me 4. <laughs> it's not good. It's not yeah. good, Jerry. It is not good. Tell so you what, what AJ, I, you're going to want to get a job. Because uh, you're not going to be able to kill time in a movie theater. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. But, I mean, hey, look, there's there were a lot of sequels. Don't in... say look on the bright side. <laughs> no, I did not. There okay. were a lot of sequels in 2023, and my pick of the year was Past Lives. Like, there's still those original movies that are coming. You got to find them. You got to look for them. Yeah, we just you got to hunt. We're, we, they won't we, show up in the what's coming out in 2024 you, list. You got to review 93 movies in a year, and you will find a couple good ones. Oh, my God. Bill. I saw the trailer once again for the goddamn Bob Marley movie. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, it's everywhere. When does that effing thing come out? It comes out Valentine's Day, and I'm telling you, it has played before every movie I've seen for the last six months. The total amount of time I've spent watching that trailer, accumulatively, is more than the runtime of the movie, at least, if not double. I am brutal over it. All right, shall we move on to our uh, brief yet triumphant? Should I go see it segment? Yeah, let's let's roll through this. Yeah, Bill, let's go. Uh, let's go hot and heavy. All right, uh, four movies this week. The first one is uh, ISS. According to IMDb.com, tensions flare in the near future aboard the International Space Station as a conflict breaks out on Earth. Reeling, the U.S. and Russian astronauts receive orders from the ground: take control of the station by any means necessary. This sounds like a fucking 10 out of 10 film. Bill, should I go see no, it? No, AJ, no. It's oh, the big, how do you squander that? I don't that? know. It's the biggest letdown. A hell of an it's idea. the biggest letdown I've had in a long time. Because I love that concept so much that I would be willing to forgive a lot. But even with that, this movie is like a bridge too far. But how? How do you mess that up? Is it like a nuclear uh, war? Like, is it like the world oh, ended? Yeah. That's one of the cool things is like the visuals because 
they're in the ISS, and then when they look below, you just see the Earth engulfed in nuclear fire, and it's just fucking metal. Uh, but <laughs> but it just it the movie doesn't work. <laughs> like it's meant to be basically Crimson Tide in space, if you remember Crimson Tide. But okay. if you don't have Denzel and Gene Hackman, like they don't have any heavy hitters on the cast. Like you have Chris Messina, who is always good. And they have a Russian actor who was in The Americans, and he's good. Ariana DeBose is the lead. She was great in West Side Story, don't get me wrong. But, like, a little out of place for this. Um, the rest of the cast is kind of lukewarm. There's not enough tension. There's not enough thrills for a, a supposed thriller. And it's wildly unrealistic, obviously. Like, and I'm a, maybe it's because I'm a big space guy. I'm a NASA buff. But even to the everyman, I feel like it would raise eyebrows with how stupid these characters act sometimes. Okay. Well, is it like a free for all? Like, is it like kill, like kill or be killed? I mean, it kind of gets to that, but like, you would think there would be some really hushed discussions with like interesting dialogue about like, you know, we don't know what's yeah, going yeah. on down there. Maybe one of the Russians is going to turn, or one of the Americans is going to turn. Power struggle. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of that at all. It's just the twists and the turns do not land. The whole movie feels way flatter than it should. Um. It just it just doesn't it's it doesn't it doesn't get where it doesn't get there. It doesn't get where it should. Is it is it even worth like the watch on Max? Maybe on Max. Or Prime? Maybe. I mean it's only an hour and forty, I think. So Oh, that's not bad. So maybe on Max, but yeah, I was I was disappointed because I was with them. I was with them when it started. And like right when it starts, some of the writing is a little like lazy exposition and i'm like okay well let's see what happens and then it gets into it and it's just kind of and then they get the message that the, the, the coded message and you're like oh cool like this is good and then it just starts to go out of control i don't know didn't really work for me aj it's huge it's huge letdown i i just pray in my lifetime someone reuses this concept but does it properly why don't you do it? You should, you're always looking for a little writing thing. Why don't you rewrite the script to this movie? Maybe I will, AJ. Maybe I will. I think you should. Second film, All of Us Strangers. According to IMDb.com, a screenwriter drawn back to his childhood home enters into a relationship with a mysterious neighbor as he then discovers his parents appear to be living just as they were on the day they died 30 years before. Wild. Bill? Should I go see it? Uh, yes. This one's I a yes. I don't understand what I just read. Yeah, let me let me take you through it. So it's yeah. a- Andrew Scott is the lead. It is an emotional drama, this movie. It has basically two storylines. There's Scott, Andrew Scott, starting a relationship with another man that lives in his apartment building. So there's like their relationship. But then simultaneously, Scott is a, he's a writer and he's trying to write a new script, and he decides to write about his past and his family, and he starts revisiting his childhood. So he lives in London. He takes the train out to revisit his childhood home, and when he goes there, he speaks to his parents who died when he was a child. So like they're in their current state. So he's basically, they're basically the same age, um, but he's basically imagining what his conversations would be like with them today, uh, and they're showing it you know, through his perspective. So they're just having these dialogues and it's really powerful. Like the four lead performances are incredible. Um, Andrew Scott, especially, but Claire Foy as his mother is a real standout. And, and it's, it's great. It's a really powerful movie. It's, 
you have both of those elements, but it's also intertwined because it is very much a movie about gay life and the gay experience because part of his conversation with his parents, his, his ghost parents, for lack of a better word, is he comes out to them and he imagines what that conversation would have been like because you know they passed before uh, he would have had that conversation. So it, it's, there's a lot of commentary on that as well. So it's a really interesting movie. It's a little on the slower side, so like it's it's very nuanced. It may not be for everybody. If you're especially if you were gonna watch this on Max late at night, you might fall asleep. Like it is a slower burn drama, um, but really, really powerful stuff. Well written, well acted. It's just a it's a strong movie. It was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Picture. It didn't make the cut for Academy Awards, but um, part of the reason I really wanted to check it out was uh, was the Golden Globe nomination. And it was Love really, that. really good. Uh, no other nods during uh, for the Oscars. I don't remember seeing it anywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but it got a lot of press. This was another movie that I had to wait until January to see. It was in limited release at the end of twenty twenty three, and I I got back to it last week. Wow! All right, but yeah, phenomenal. Recommend. Let's keep moving. Uh, Freud's last session, according to imdb.com. Freud invites iconic author C.S. Lewis to debate the existence of God, his unique relationship with his daughter, and Lewis's unconventional relationship. Wow, this is really bad. It's about when Freud talked to C.S. Lewis, for Christ's sake. Bill, should I go see it? No. No, you should not. It is... Okay. And, and to be clear... Uh, I'm clear as day. This is... It'd be great if you could be clear. I will be clear. This is a fictional meeting of C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud. We don't know that they ever actually met. Oh, well, look at that, IMDb fucking fact check. So it's a a film adaptation of a play. And so as a play, it's basically, you know, a a two-hander, so to speak. You have your two leads on stage talking the entire time. A (laughs) two-hander. People say that. That is a phrase. It's a thing that people say. And so it's as if C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud were to meet at the breakout of World War II, what would that dialogue be, basically? (laughs) Well, they talk about religion a bit, but they keep it super basic. So, like, the way it's described of, like, these powerful titans of philosophy discussing these things, it's not really like that. Uh, The way they play it in the movie is... At this point in their lives, Freud is at the end of his life, and he's already a legend. So Lewis doesn't wants to be respectful of that, so he's kind of holding back the whole time. They never really, like, have at it, you know what I mean? And they keep getting interrupted by other events or these dramatically staged flashbacks, presumably to break up the action visually. But I feel like you, if you're going to make a play in a movie, just lean into the concept, even if it's a little niche, like, just let them act against each other the whole time versus trying to have it both ways where you have these scenes that are very stage-like and then these random movie-type flashbacks. It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. So it, there was never a time they sat down and he was like, all right, picture this. A lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. No, and I kept waiting for there to be some sort of like a tie-in <laughs> there somewhere, tie-in? some sort of like wink or nod. They don't even do that because presumably this was before that was written. Um Look, presumably, but we don't know because it was made up because it never happened. Exactly. I'm sure it's a great play if it has a strong cast, but translating it into cinema, it's a snooze fest, AJ. A snooze fest. Uh, How is Sir Anthony Hopkins as Sigmund Freud? He's good, for sure. Yeah, he's fine. Like, that's... (laughs) He's all right. You're really selling it. 
I don't know. He didn't like blow me away. He was he was good, but he's it's it's the writing is the issue. It just it didn't grab me in the way that a movie like this has to. Like you have to have some really engaging dialogue for this movie to work. And to me, it felt a little flat. Hmm. What a damn shame. Yeah. Damn shame. Also, uh, I didn't realize C.S. Lewis was like a really big, uh, like Christian dude. Like he God was God guy, like a, big God guy. Yep. Yeah. He was also like really good friends with uh, J.R. Tolkien, right? Yeah, they have a scene together. They they uh, have him ch- chatting with Tolkien at one point. Did they meet yes. in real life? Yeah. Or does this film presuppose that they <laughs> met as well? He's a like, picture. This a dragon named Smog. We all know Custer died at Little Bighorn. <laughs> Uh, all right, Bill. Um, the last film for today is The Book of Clarence, according to IMDb.com, struggling to find a better life. Clarence is captivated by the power of the rising Messiah and soon risks everything to carve a path to a divine existence. Bill, this is all over TV. Trailers are everywhere. Should I go see it? No, unfortunately not. The movie's a bit of a mess. Um, I will. So it starts out with like a chariot drag race, which was super cool. And the whole first act of the movie basically takes modern language, modern music, modern filmmaking, but applies it to like an old school Ben-Hur biblical epic. Oh, shit. So it seems like it's going to be like a fun parody, kind of lampooning those types of movies and telling yeah. it from the perspective of the poor and from like underrepresented people on the fringes of those movies. So it's a really neat idea. Super into it. Lakeith Stanfield, amazing as always. But then like after the first act, it starts to be more about faith and belief in oneself. And you're like, okay. And then by the end, it's like legitimately intense and serious. And it doesn't really feel like they earned that, that change. There's the tonal whiplash in this movie is like the worst I've seen in a long time. It's one of those movies where you get to the finale and you're like, wait, how the hell did we get here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, from the trailers I've seen, I thought it was exactly what it, what, what you said. It was like the people that are never talked about in those biblical epic movies and things are actually the star of the show. Right. And I thought it was like some sort of like mock you style, not mockumentary, but you know what I mean? Like, like a play on like the Ben Hurs and the big, you know, magnum opuses, but there's that definitely a lot sucks. of that. There is a lot of that. Uh, but the movie just loses its way. It becomes a little directionless. The script kind of goes all over the place by the end. Like it it loses the narrative. It it had a really interesting start. And there's a lot of interesting ideas in it, like commentary on racism, where like the Romans kind of stand in as the white oppressors. And like there's a scene where they're in like a cart going wherever they're going and they get pulled over for lack of a better word by the Romans and they ask for their ID. And like, there's a lot of really interesting, neat commentary like that, the way they do it, where they recreate today's in world in that environment. Um, so it's a really interesting vehicle to make these social points. But again, this only happens kind of like in flashes and then, then we're back to the Messiah stuff and the movie kind of loses a lot of its oomph. Like they throw a lot of ideas at the wall to see what sticks. Some of them do, but most of them don't. So, Overall, it didn't really work for me. This might be more of a check it out on Max type of situation if, if, the, if the concept interests you. But yeah, by the end of it, I was like, it just, it totally lost me. And, and there, just so I'm aware, the 
character, I'm going to call them characters, the, the, the people in the Bible are portrayed in this movie, right? Like you have John the Baptist, you have Judas, you have the Virgin Mary, you have Mary Magdalene, like all of these people play a part. Like Jesus is in this, correct? Like they're, this is all about Clarence's, I guess, um, view of yeah, his interactions what Jesus with them. is doing yeah. in, in Jerusalem or Bethlehem, wherever they are. Yeah, they're in Jerusalem, yep. Wild. It's such a cool concept. I know, I know. And like, again, first act, I was, I was in it 100%. I was like, oh, this is great. And then they just start to change directions a couple times, and it just loses its, loses its luster. Damn, that sucks. And it's PG-13. I thought it would be R. That'd be cooler if it was R. It's PG-13? Does it need to be R? Yeah. Oh, I didn't expect that. Okay. Huh. Okay. Bill. Yeah. Uh, Netflix and Bill, what are you watching? I begrudgingly finished season two of Reacher. Whoa, what a letdown that show was. Oh, my God. Uh, what are you talking about? You were the, the president of the fan club. I was. AJ, I was. Season one, I still think is remarkable. Season two got progressively worse with every episode. Uh, and, yeah, not great. Season three is filming now. They've announced what book it's based on. Based on the synopsis of that, it sounds like it might be better and a little more down to earth. But season two, you get into, like... You know, nuclear warheads they got to stop and hanging from helicopters and it just like goes completely just crazy compared to season one which was like a small town drifter saving people which you you know you gotta love so yeah they went a little while with season two i'm hoping that the book they picked for season three will kind of bring it back to lower stakes which is i think where this character works the best um and we'll see but yeah that's the only tv I've been watching as I work towards Sigzy 1K. I've been prioritizing film by a lot. So TV is going to take a backseat for the next few months. Do you still want him to like crush your head with his oily biceps? <laughs> like just They should do a whole season of Reacher that's hyper-realistic and it's just him doing two-a-day powerlifting workouts and counting his <laughs> macros. <laughs> and taking fucking Trent and whatever the other shit I mean, I watched it. <laughs> Okay. What about Disappointing. You? What about you? Uh, I've been watching a few things. Uh, I've been watching uh, season four of True Detective, uh, Night Country. Yeah, same. Bill, I got mixed. I got a mixed bag about this. I'm bagged mixed. AJ, AJ I might bail on it to be honest. M- my, but ba- you cannot. William George the second. You cannot fucking bail on this. Okay. First of all, I just said movies have to take the priority. Second of all, I will not fall victim to the sunk cost fallacy. Cough, Craig. Cough. Bill, AJ's <laughs> dealing with a lot of abandonment <laughs> issues right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, just yeah. found out Bill Paxton died. You need to stick with him for yeah. this. I mean, exactly. I keep hoping because it has the true detective title that it'll there'll be some cool twist thing, like the story will go somewhere. But man, a couple episodes in, not grabbing me. They just tied it to season one. We're, we're kind of in this. What do you mean we're they tied it. it to season one? What do you mean they just tied it to season one? Are you kidding me? What do you mean? What did I miss? You know the old lady who keeps seeing the dude? Yeah. That's Ruskell's dad. No. Yep. When did they she say like, that? She's like, I keep on seeing Travis. And he was like, what do you mean? Travis Cole died fucking 15 years ago. And she's like, he still comes to me. Oh, you know, and this is the center of the universe. I missed that. Just when you thought you were out. <laughs> See, not to mention the spiral. The not paying attention. It, just, it didn't grab me enough to pay attention. Put the phone down. Bill. The main spiral. 
was literally <laughs> on the girl's back, the first girl that they found in the field in True Detective 1. Yeah, that was that, the thing that was in her yeah, back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. So the dude who led the lady to the frozen people is Russ's dad, and then there's obviously the connection to the... the this okay, fine. Fuck, I'll watch one more. Jesus. Here's the solution. Bill, strap that Vision Pro to your face. Yeah. <laughs> Black it all Zip. out, no distractions. Yep. Lock in. Take some ay- uh, ayahuasca and then go into an eighty-foot Jody Foster in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we can talk about that offline. But yeah, that's the connection to. Okay, I right, got it. Season one spoilers, and then because I have a lot of free time on my hand uh, to celebrate the twenty-fifth anniversary of The Sopranos, I just started another rewatch. Twenty-five years. I remember watching The Sopranos live. So. That's this It is so fucking good. Hold it holds up? It's so fucking good. Yeah, oh Bill. Wait, you have I haven't watched it You didn't do a COVID rewatch? No, I haven't watched Sopranos since it aired, literally. Like I haven't seen it since nineteen ninety nine or whatever. Craig Craig, you wanna tee it up and we'll do a we'll do a three of us will do a rewatch? Hey man. Fine with me. I can't, I can't afford wait until we Bill. get past a thousand. Then I will have much more time to do television. But right now no, 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 I no, have no, to watch no, no, movies. No, no. You have more you have far <laughs> you have more than enough time on your hands. Yep. You when you're working out in the morning. You Bill, you can watch it at two X speed. AJ, because he needs to fill time, will watch it at half point five. <laughs> and then I'll all equal out in the end. Uh okay, what do you have? Uh we got a ticket to get tickets? What are we doing? We're doing tickets? You got tickets? I I have tickets. I have plenty of tickets. I got movies I gotta see. AJ, we are moving and shaking to get to a thousand. I am gonna see uh Origin. Okay. And Argyle and Lisa Frankenstein. Those are all on my ticket list. Keep in mind we're getting into January, February, aka dumping season, so there's gonna be a lot of Schlocky horror and a lot of bad comedy coming up. Mm, yeah. But that's how that's it goes. Cool. That's how it is. Argyle is a, a movie. type of sweater. Argyle's a spy movie from Matthew Vaughn. Which Matthew Vaughn is very either hit or miss. Dua Lipa, Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, John Cena, Ariana DeBose. Cast. What a cast. Matthew Vaughn is, is hit or miss. When he hits, you get something like Kingsman, which is incredible. And when he misses, you get something like Kingsman 2, which is horrific. So we'll see where this one lands. Is this Dua Lipa's cinematic debut? I think it may be. Non-cameo? Matter of fact. Obviously the cameo What's the de- Is this the one that like... Yeah, the woman, she's a novelist. and it Yes, correct. Yeah. And it's like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stranger than fiction thing. Is that like the novel she's writing are actually true events that are going on right now? Something like that? It does that? seem that way. Yeah. yeah, it does okay. seem that way. Okay, cool, 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 Argyle. Cool. Guys, we are witnessing Dua Lipa's cinematic debut. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Do you guys want to come? Do you want me to get you guys tickets? She could sing the phone book. I mean, I got nothing to do. When are you going? <laughs> I'll, I'll connect with you offline. I'll okay. let you know. Okay. Uh, Brian cool. Cranston's in this thing? Christ. Yeah. I'm in, Bill. I'm in. Oh, Henry. great. Okay, Let's great. do it. I'm a huge uh, BDH fan, too. I love Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, love. I know you do. Big fan. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stay on the line after we uh, stop recording and we'll sort this out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bob Delaney? They, what What? What the hell? Unbelievable. Anyway. Good to be back. If you need me, I'll be on uh, LinkedIn and Indeed. Got it. That's, we'll find you there. Thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. Bye.